0: Shalom everyone, we are now continuing with Likutei HaLachot Section Orachaim, the laws of Nefila Tapayim, falling on one's face in the davening uh, Discourse number 4, which again is based on Likute Moran Lesson number 24 We are now beginning paragraph number 6 After Rav Nosin already showed in the previous paragraph, 5 That it was common even in Jewish history of sages in the Gemara and and further to do jokes that act silly and Rav Nosen explained why it's so necessary that that's the only way to release the joy in the simcha that's trapped amongst the nations trapped in exile so now Rav Nosen goes into even a bigger example of someone who was a joking figure believe it or not but in a obviously in a very holy level but he is hinted to in this vein of being someone happy and someone who brings happiness to other people by acting funny. You won't believe this. Who? King David himself. David HaMelech. So no sin brings like this. the that This also we've mentioned until now. Is the concept hinted to and expressed in the verse of Psalm 34, verse number 1. Chapter 34, verse 1. Le'David b'shanoto et ta'amod to David, when he changed his ta'am. Ta'am means his sanity. Changed his sanity, his tam, which is like ta'am zekenim. His, his uh, intellectual clarity and stability turned it into madness before Abimelech. Abimelech is like a generic term for all the kings of the Philistines. It's like pharaoh. There are many pharaohs. So there's many Abimelechs. The name of that king was Achish the king of Plishtim, who was called Abimelech. That's the term of the king of, of the Philistines. So King David turned his time, his intellect, into madness and before Abimelech. And as a result, he kicked him out, and King David left. The story there was that King David was running away from Shaul Amalech, and all he had with him was the sword of Goliath. That he killed with Goliath. He killed Goliath with his sword. Also afterwards, right? So he came before Avimelech to the, the land of Gad, the, the city of Gad, the land of Gad, by the Pleshtim to escape and find security away from the pursuing of Shaula Now, who were were the guards of the King Achish Avimelech? The brothers of Goliath himself. <laughs> Goliath's brothers recognized the sword that King David was caring, and they knew already that he had killed their brother, so they can't act on their own, they told Abimelech, this is King David, this is David who killed our brother, and we want revenge, being a Philistine, and you also, your are a Philistine, one of your people, he killed, we want revenge, so he was about to be convinced, and King David saw that he was in big danger, so he asked Hashem to make him mad, now what's funny is the Midrash says is that before this incident, King David said to Hashem, Hashem, I praise you for everything you created. Marabu Hashem, how great, how wondrous are your creations, Hashem, in the world. Kulam asita. Everything was made with wisdom. Everything makes sense. But Hashem, there's one thing. I don't know why you created, why it's necessary. Why is there madness? Why does there exist craziness, madness in the world? So Hashem said, my, my servant David, in time to come, you will see the need for, be, for madness, and you, will, you yourself will ask me, to beg me, pray to me, to bring upon you madness, even, even though temporarily. And this is where it came out. So King David, he submitted to Hashem's will, and he asked him to make him mad, even though temporarily. So it says, the Midrash says, and the Gemara obviously, that King David literally went mad, and he started oozing his saliva on the drooling his saliva on his beard, and he started writing letters on the doors, and he said, Abimelech owes me ten thousand uh, units of money, and his wife owes me sorry he owes me fifty thousand, and his wife owes me ten thousand. Now, part of the prayer, part of the miracle was that to make it even more realistic. Hashem made also Abimelech's wife and daughter go mad. So three at a shot. King David went mad. At the same time, Abimelech's wife went mad. His daughter went mad. So everything went cuckoo. And he was like, you know, shocking. The, the commentary say, why couldn't David, you know, fake it? What's wrong with faking being mad? Why did it have to be real? Why do you have to daven for it to be real? So they explain, because... In this case, it's very easy to detect that someone is faking it. But here, it was Mama Shreel. So why did this happen? To convince Abimelech that this is not King David. Because King David is someone sane and normal. It can't be him. And then he's saying these crazy things. Abimelech owes me money. His wife owes me money. And then his wife and daughter went crazy. So under this crazy pressure, Abimelech said, send them away. This is not him. I have enough. Do I not have enough crazy people at home? Send them away. So, Vygashere, what does it say? Vygashere, Vyelach. And he kicked him out, and King David went. The verse should have just read. It's enough to say, Vygashere, and Avimelech kicked him away. What's Vyelach? So, the commentary say, as soon as Abimelech told David to kick him out, he turned back to be sane. And even though he turned back to be sane, the miracle was, there were a few miracles here, Abimelech still did not go change back on his word. He let him go, even though he saw that he came back to be sane. And was it, uh, there were a few miracles here. The other miracle was that Goliath's brothers didn't seek revenge. They weren't able to find him. He fled, and they weren't able to find him, even though they technically tried to trace him down, to track him down to kill him. They couldn't find him. There were tons of miracles here. But the point was, King David had to use madness, which is a type of foolishness, and all this, Rav Sin is is connecting to what we said earlier that the need there's a need in life to act crazy, act funny, act silly, which is shtuyot, mila de which is also sometimes very funny. When you see, if you see King David drooling on his beard, you will crack up. You crack up because it's so insane. You crack up. Okay. So Rav Nosson is going to develop this verse. First, he wants to explain to us who is King David. What does David ha-Melech signifying. Why is he so special? Why is he so ni- unique in Jewish history? So we're listening about the verse, right? Explains now who David, King David is. Ki David ha what does he represent? Who is he, first of all? Hu bechinat malchut Digdusha? King David, he's called King David. The Davidic dynasty. The kings, even Shlomo's underneath him. Chizkiyahu was under, under him. Asaf. Yoshafat, all the good kings of the of the Jewish people of the Davidic dynasty, which is the lasting one. Right? They're all called under David HaMelech. He represents what's called Malchot Dikdushah, the Kingdom of Holiness on a simple level, because he was a Jewish king. So automatically being a Jew, which is a servant of Hashem, and being a king, so it's a kingship of holiness. But in our context also, the Bechinat like we said, the kingdom of holiness is also called the divine presence. And this be Nachman quotes in lesson 24. This is a, a known concept. The divine presence is Hashem's presence, which is the kingship of holiness. What gives us the awe and fear of heaven is that Hashem's presence is with us. If Hashem's presence was not with us, and there would be a totally detachment. We don't have the fear and emuna to serve Hashem. What pushes a Jew to serve Hashem, is he feels the Shekhinah. Now he may not see it, even though a person doesn't see it, but his Mazal feels it. What gives you a push to serve Hashem is that you feel the Shekhinah in your presence, which explains very amazingly why people fall off the path, because the Shekhinah has departed from them. person has to work at the root, get the Shekhinah to be back into your life, which in our context is, Work on being besimcha in order to bring the Shechina back to you so that you can have again that Malchut, the sovereignty of Hashem, on you and you can serve Him properly with the proper fear and the Muna. Okay? So Shechina and Malchut is one. And like we said, what's the Divine Presence? Shei Bechinat, Malchut David Mashech. Sorry. Shei Bechinat David David Mashech Eduah. So now he's saying another thing. And the Shechina. In another version from Kayadu, as it, this is this a known idea, is also a reference to the kingship of David Mashiach. See, we, we called Malchut David, not just Malchut David, the kingship of David, we called Malchut David Mashiach, King David the anointed one, because the, being the anointed one is connected to the, to, the, to the Divine Presence. We said this many times But he's saying Kayadu, this is a known idea in the Kabbalah and the Midrash, etc., that Malchut David Mashiach refers to the Divine Presence itself, Period. Because that, 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 that is the last thing. What, what, the future kingship of Mashiach will have a clear revelation of Hashem in the world. So that's why it's called the Divine Presence itself. She <speaking in Hebrew> And like we said earlier, Kanizkar <speaking in Hebrew> Le'el And what is Dishchina? The Dishchina the is joy, like we said, if you recall, many times already. So based on that, look at this. Ve'ikar ha David And the main battle now of King David, all of his battles that are depicted in the Torah, with the evil forces, the evil side. In other words, King David's battle basically is based that he is the representation of joy, the Shechina, the Malchut of Kedush of Holiness, so his battle of King David is with the evil forces and the husks e- the, the main battle of that was reckless Shabbat so just to break the sadness and to bring joy the goal of all of King David's battles was to bring activate joy and to banish and destroy break the sadness that was his goal that was the goal of why we're taught and told of the battles of King David what it teaches us that he was fighting sadness khinat and what is the idea of King David fighting sadness and bringing joy to merit to joy? Wow. right? But this is the whole idea of the concept of the 10 types of melody, 10 types of song that David, King, David brought into the world. Through his book of Tehillim, because the ten types of song are utilized throughout the 150 chapters of the book of Tehillim. This, the Gemara says in Psachim, the Midrash says this also in the Zohar that King David used ten types of song and in their combinations, whether within each psalm itself or being the main message of one particular psalm, are using the ten types of song Ashrei, Bracha, Maske, Shir, Nitsuch, etc. There's different versions on the names. And the orders of the ten types of songs went into in a lot of depth on the classes we gave on the Qutimuran lesson two hundred five and ninety two of part two. You can see that you can see those lessons in the Moran. Okay, that the, 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 and this is the whole idea: the ten types of song that King David drawn to the world drew into the world through the Book of Tehillim, which is made up of all the ten types of song. And what are the ten types of song? They are the concept of joy. This is how Rabbi Nachman explains the following two verses in Tehilim, Psalm 92, uh, chapter 4. This is Mizmor Ha Hashabbat. Tov laudot Hashem, right? It says there in verse 4 and 5, So King David says, Aleh Asor, the word Aleh means wake up the ten, wake up the nevel. These are all types of musical instruments that will be used in the future. A ten-stringed instrument. In the Beit HaMikdash there was a seven-stringed instrument. When Mashiach comes, it will be an eight-stringed instrument. And in the world of the future, after Mashiach comes, it will be a ten-stringed instrument. And King David to activate what's going to be in the final end He said, wake up the 10-stringed instrument. He was already looking at the final goal of joy, the highest maximum capacity of joy. So he's saying, wake up the 10-stringed instrument, wake up the Nevel. It was called the Nevel. Some say it's a type of a violin. Why is it called the Nevel? Because it makes all other musical instruments look like a rotting uh, carcass. (laughs) Nevel, like a Nevela. It makes all other musical instruments look so dull and empty compared to the beauty of this musical instrument. And he says, the next verse... Wake up the Higayon, the, the intellect, the speech through the Kinor, okay? For you Hashem have brought me joy through your actions. Through the works of your hands, I will sing. So Rinachman uniquely expresses these two verses like this: that the, the ten types of song are simcha. So wake up the ten, wake up the Habil, and through this key is like. For through this, Simachtan, you bring to me joy, Hashem. You have brought me joy once these ten are activated. As if to say, these ten have already been activated. Where have they already been activated? In the ten types of song that King David uses in the book of Tehillim. It's connected to the future melody. The future joy which will be complete on the 10th string musical instrument. So he's saying already, it's already found in the book of Tehillim. Thanks to who? Who's the one who composed and compiled and brought together, put together the book of Tehillim? King David. And in, do so, in doing so, in so doing, he activated the 10 types of song. Okay? And through that he brings simcha. That's why it's in past tense. <speaking> For you have brought to me joy already by letting me use and have access to the 10 types of song that's Asur, it's not just a 10 string instrument but the 10 types of melody this number 10 is unique to the time of after the time of Mashiach the future future redemption the number 10 also the commentary say like a, 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 a minyan a quorum it draws the shekhinah 10 draws the shekhinah down and shekhinah we said is the simcha that's why the instrument is 10 strings that's why there's 10 types of melody and not 11 okay King David was also, see, Adam Marishan was punished with 10 types of curses. and the, So, therefore, the rectification involves 10, the 10 uh, melodies, 10 types of song. And that's why he says, Ali Asor. So, if not, so, Rabbi Nachman's reading it as 10 types of melody. Wake up, Ale wake up the 10 types of melody, Ali because they have brought joy to me. Semachta Hashem, you brought me joy through your, your actions of activating the 10 types of song. Okay, on your work of your hand, 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 handicraft, your hands, Hashem, I can sing. So, this is where he's saying that King David is responsible for bringing in Simcha to the world. So, that's how he, he's the representation. Here's an example of that. And like Rabbi Nachman wrote about this, this connection and this explanation of these two verses from Psalm 92 elsewhere in the Moran, part 2, lesson 24. More than this, Rav Nelson says, "Ve'chen mevoar b'zohah kadosh. And also, it's brought down in the Holy Zohar, this week's parsha, believe it or not, Mishpatim, page, at the end of page 107a. It says there, "Shadavid ha'melech alav ha'shalom hu badcha demalka, phenomenal term. King David, of blessed memory, the Zohar says, is called the joker, the, the merry man of the king. The one who makes Hashem, the king, happy. For it says there, Shafilu, This is like the idea that comes out. It's not the exact wording. Shafilu al lev lo azav b'dichato. That even when he confessed his sin, which they say involves in Bat Sheva, but it's not exactly that. The Zohar says, anyone who says, and the Gemara says, anyone who says that he sinned with Bat Sheva, he makes an error. What was the sin there? that he let her previous husband be killed in war and battle. that he sent them out, And, he, and there every soldier at the time, this is, a, I think his name was Uriah, if I'm correct. I think that's his name. Am I right? I forgot if his, his name was Uriah, Batsheva's husband. He was sent out to battle uh, and he had to d- divorce his wife. So technically, Batsheva was now single. And he let him out to war in, a war in a section that for sure he would be killed. So that was why he was, there was a type of a sin. But he did not, God forbid, go on another man's wife. Not at all, chas shalom. So he confessed that he did this. And he really didn't sin. But he did sin. Technically he did, but it wasn't really sin. So he, the, the Zohar says like this. That King David said, Hashem, you know that I didn't sin really. But the reason why I'm confessing, like I, 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 I let myself make an error, which seems that I made a mistake, is that you should be right. Because Hashem said one thing. And King David said another thing. Hashem said, King David said to Hashem, you can test me Hashem and I promise I won't fall. And Hashem says, I will test you and you will fall. So he was tested in the Erebat Sheva and really he was clean. He didn't sin at all. But he allowed himself to make a mistake. He says, King David said to Hashem, you should look good. <laughs> so that made Hashem so happy. King David said like a joke. It was like, it's like, Hashem, you know I really didn't sin, but I made myself make an error seemingly, so you should, you should look good, Hashem <laughs> so the Torah says, he got Hashem so happy with that attitude that even though know, he's confessing, and he really confessed, but then he says, you know Hashem you know really I didn't sin, but I did it I purposely made myself make an error so that you should be right in the end, because you said, you know, I said, Hashem, test me, and you'll see I won't fall, and Hashem says, you'll see I test you, and you will fall So in the end, King David saw that he was winning, but in order for Hashem's words to be true, he made himself an opening that he should fall. The Gemara says also, the only reason why King David, as if to say erred, is in order to to teach other people to do repentance, that if he can do tshuva, he made an opening, so it can lead other people also to do tshuva. But really didn't err. So the way the Zohar says it there, that he made the king laugh, because even though he's confessing, you know, Hashem, I did this, but you don't really... So that attitude of, of, of Hashkafa is funny in Hashem's eyes because it's like an opening you know really a, I, I'm okay but Hashem wants you to look good so I, so as I, I, I purposely thought, when you hear that you yourself crack up but that, that's how the Zora says he was able to get Hashem happy even though he's confessing Hashem loved him because he's able always to find a way out it's in a way similar to, to Rabbi Nachman's tale of it's called Bibi Mibitachon that there was someone who was always happy. And it's, it's, a, it's a long short story short. really can't go into the details. But this man was always able to be happy. Even after all the decrees the king made. And the king tried to corner him in a situation. Where he had to do something which was very painful. To cut off somebody's head. And he really didn't want to do this. And he was dreaded. He was worried about it. And his sword. Uh, the king did it in order to make a fool out of him. Because he pawned the metal sword that he had by being a guard for the king. And he pawned it so he can have some money in order to be happy every day. Every day was happy because he had food, to, food to, to put on his table and make a nice meal. And the king was saying, how could somebody be happier than me? So he worked hard to get this soldier, this, this, this simple Jew, to be sad. And nothing worked out. So he also, the final stage was that this Jew took up a, jo- a job to be a, a soldier for the king. And he need how is he and and the, and he asked if he can have an advance in his pay of being a soldier, a guard for the king. The guy in charge said "I can't pay you today; only at the end of the week," because that was the king's order. Originally, everyone got paid at the end of every day, but that, the king, in the order to corner him, he said, "Don't pay any of my soldiers until the end of the week. Let them try to mistad there. Let them try to work things out until the end of the week." So he needed money that day. And he, so what did he do? He pawned the the sword. When the king found out that, so he wanted to make a fool out of him. And to break his joy. So so he sent him he brought him someone in front of him to cut off his head. And he summoned all the ministers and guards at the spectacle. So he said, But the king, I never my life killed somebody. So I'm a king, I'm ordering you, this man has to be killed. So what did he say? He said, Hashem, if this man is really not liable to the death penalty, then please let my sword turn into wood. And with that he took out the sword from its socket. And in front of everybody, they saw that it was wood. So everybody started cracking up. And even the king started cracking up. And he said, okay, go home. Go. You're good. You're good. I I won't bother you anymore. I see you're able to be happy in every circumstance and able to get through everything. That's how the story ends. So in a way, this story is very similar to King David being a batchan in the eyes of Hashem. But King David was able, the Zohar says there, to play games with Hashem that even though I'm confessing, but I'm able to like make a statement and an expression which you can crack up with, you can make a joke out of it. That's why the Zohar calls King David a batchan. Let's see how Rabbi Nosson concludes this idea of King David. <speaking in Hebrew> that even though when he confessed his sin with a broken heart, like he really sinned. <speaking in Hebrew> He did not abandon his pathways of being happy and making merry and joyous. Like it's written down there in the Zohar, Bishpatim 107a, see there. Because going back, King David, what does he represent? He represents Simcha. He represents the kingship of holiness. Shehi bechinata shechina, which, like we said many times in the Kuteimanes lesson twenty-four, that this is the idea of the divine presence. And what is the divine presence? Like we said, she simchatan sheli This is the joy of Amisod that give them always hope that Hashem is always with them no matter what, as we mentioned before.